Hello and welcome to the 15th episode of the Fomodelic Experience podcast. This is your host David Kolosic. In this episode, I had the pleasure of hosting Reese Lewelin, who despite his young age and the fact that he's still a student, has had an exceptional career path. He decided to take a gap year in his studies and he decided to do an industrial placement. He worked in supply chain management at GSK and in this conversation we focus on how he found about this role, how he got excited about it, the whole interview process and what supply chain management is all about. We also touch upon the topics of how the COVID pandemic has affected the industry and he has provided a huge amount of advice that can be useful to anyone still studying, looking to start a career, or even looking into transitioning into the industry. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. It's great to speaking to you. Uh, we spoke many occasions, we met on many occasions around Europe. Finally, we decided to do this because throughout your studies, you've done a lot of exciting things. Uh, I mean, it's, it's quite amazing because you're still a fourth-year pharmacy student and you have a lot of experience uh, on your hands. So just uh, tell me a little bit about yourself uh, so the followers can actually, you know, get to know you a bit. Yeah, so hi, those of you who know me, <laughs> nice to see you again. And those of you who don't, my name is Rhys. I'm a fourth year pharmacy student, as David said, at the University of Birmingham in the UK. I've spent three years at university. I began in 2016. Then last year, I worked at GSK for a year on an industrial placement, which we'll come back to. And this year now I'm working um, in community pharmacy alongside my final year of my degree, where I'm researching techniques to cross the blood brain barrier in the treatment of brain tumors. Outside of pharmacy, I love my sports, so play a lot of rugby, a lot of football, squash, a lot of cricket. So that's always present in my life. That, that's fantastic. So uh, even though you've only been you know, a student for the past four years, well, the fifth year now, uh, you've done so many things. So in pharmacy, at least in my degree, and I think the same in your degree, when we were kind of exploring opportunities. What they told us at the university was like, you have three options. One is uh, community pharmacy, one is hospital pharmacy, and the third one is industry, but don't really bother because getting into industry is, you know, a bit impossible. Is this the same experience you have at the University of Birmingham? Yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's a strange thing when you begin that you kind of feel your options are limited. You know, as you've mentioned, there's, a, there's only a few options, all of which are great careers. And I'm sure many of you join in plan to enter those fields. And you know, this past week, I've been in a hospital, a GP and a community pharmacy. So we do get experience of those sectors, but opportunity to see beyond those, you know, with the industry, we don't get many placements there in the UK with things like military pharmacy, which I've delivered talks about through my career with the BPSA, prison pharmacy, mental health specialisms. You know, there's a lot out there that we don't get firsthand insights into unless you really go digging for it. So finding those opportunities is part of the challenge. So you decided to do something quite interesting, actually. You decided to go into supply chain management, which to me sounds quite technical and pharmacy is highly clinical, uh, patient-focused, uh, research-based kind of degree. So first of all, how come you wanted to go into supply chain? What excited you? And secondly, how did you actually find about this opportunity? Yeah, sure. So it was a long time in the making. GSK was a company that interested me for many reasons. Their values align closely with mine, which is something we'll come back to in advice. I think that's very important you learn those early. GSK's performance in the Access to Medicines Index is something that was very important to me. And again, something we can discuss later. They have a fantastic track record of global health projects and programs, and that attracted me to the company. 
I was fortunate enough to attend a day called GSK Revealed, which those of you in the younger years of university look out for opportunities to go and visit GSK sites during your second year of university, which is something I did. Spent a day at GSK headquarters, met some current placement students, some of the potential managers, and just got a feel for the organisation. During my third year, I thought, okay, I really am keen to, to get more breadth um, and depth to my studies outside of the norm. So I decided to apply. It was quite a lengthy process, had a lot of support from my careers network at university, and eventually was fortunate enough to be offered two roles at GSK. One, a very scientific, clinical, technical role, as you mentioned, David, and then this one, business-focused. And I thought, you know, let's, let's try the path less traveled and go down the business role and get a totally different set of skills to what I've spent the last three years developing. And so I took that pharmacy I guess, scientific evidence perspective into the world of business and thought, you know, let's see how this transition works and what are the strengths of a pharmacy student that can support me in this role. Oh, wow. So you actually had two choices to actually choose from. doesn't happen often. <laughs> it was difficult to choose what to do, right? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I had to sit and think about it. And that's something I'd recommend to you guys. Keep your options open. If you do apply to things, what don't limit yourself to just one. If you have multiple passions, explore them. And then you can sit and make those decisions, informed choices with your managers. Sit and think about the, the route you want your career to take, the experience you don't have, and that which you want to gain. And which of those roles is going to be best in shaping your early career. And you mentioned just before the access to medicines index. And in, in a previous conversation we had a few days ago, you said actually this was one of the big reasons why, first of all, you chose GSK and secondly, why you chose supply chain management. Absolutely. So the access to medicines index is something that I was fortunate enough to find early in my studies. It's um, a biannual report. It's released every other year. And it's an independent review of 20 pharmaceutical companies, some of the largest in the world and their role in delivering medicines in less well-off or more economically developing regions of the world. So it looks at the, the company as a whole, so how they license their medicines, how they patent them, how their research is geared up towards neglected diseases or areas endemic to poorer regions of the world. Um, supply chain, particularly in terms of you know how medicine is distributed and, and what's the access like to those medicines across these regions, which is something that's always been an interest of mine alongside my work around the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Whilst GSK is uh, statistically you know, highly ranked in this report, the, the point of it is not really to, to be the best, it's to ensure that the industry as a whole is moving forwards. And that was something when I worked on the index uh, you know, and supported their work this year at GSK, we were very much about, you know, whilst we're speaking up on the good being done by the company I was with, how can the industry do better and, and be better? Let's, let's go a little bit back now you decided, well, you went to that uh, GSK event, career event, where you've learned about the company, you spoke to a lot of people, which I guess was really good for networking, understanding what the company stands for, and whether your values fit with the values of GSK, which it was. And then you said, okay, let's go ahead, let's apply for this. And you've just mentioned before that the interview process was not easy. And for me, just thinking about the fact that you applied as a student with not many experiences that you could actually talk about. I guess the interview process wasn't easy because I guess you had to somehow convince them that even though you don't have many experiences, you actually fit for the role. So can you tell us a little bit about the whole interview process, like the steps you had to go through, let's say the interview with the human resources, with hiring managers, potential exercises you had to do, the whole thing, how did it go? 
so first and foremost you, you submit a declaration of interest so on most companies websites there's a section for where you would register interest in certain programs so i found that for the ip section of gsk students then had to complete something called the the world of gsk which is an online assessment that all applicants undertake which isn't too technical it just focuses in on your personality some of the values that you might align with with gsk so then after that you get feedback around which values you perform strongly and some that you might look to improve in so you've given constructive feedback as you head into the next stage of assessment which is then where you have more technical questions so i was invited to attend assessment centers for both the supply chain and industrial placements and also pharmaceutical sciences so for the supply chain placement i had to have a case study around the supply of an antibiotic problems that could go on how do we keep stock of medicines you know how can we ensure that the process is efficient and optimized as well as an interview with a hiring manager and so just a conversation really around you know my aspirations my intentions what led me there and then as well a team-based exercise where we had to evaluate a new product and what we would do with that product as well as a values-based assessment which is a particular style of interviewing whereby the questions aren't so much what you know but kind of who you are so that was the, the stages of my assessment and then ultimately leading into the placement itself. I can imagine that this uh, placement or the, the interview center where you had to go is kind of a full day thing where you spoke to a lot of people. There was a lot of other candidates, which were, let's say, potentially the competition for the placement as well. I guess you were put under pressure, right? You had to think on the spot. You didn't know what to expect. How was the whole day like? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, you know, do the tasks that are said to be prepared. So look at the work that you've been asked to do and think about why that's been asked of you. So it's getting in the frame of mindset already for someone who's in the placement. So you're being prepared, you know, and assessed as how you would do the job where you're lucky in your application. And then really, as you mentioned, David, it's, it's interesting in, in a networking sense and in a student sense, you know, your peers are potentially your competition and not seeing that as a threat, but as an opportunity to meet other hardworking, ambitious young people hear what their thoughts are, you know, why they're there, get to know each other and don't be threatened by other people in your position, but just inspired by what they've done. And then hopefully they'll get the same. That's a really good point, actually, because I mean, I've been in my career now for five years and sometimes I'm also bumping into people I've met five years ago, eight years ago as a student, as a graduate, as a professional. And you realize that the world is really, really small. So if you can learn something from these people there and potentially work with them in the future in any way or more capacity, I think that has a lot of value. So I guess your recommendation would be when you're in these assessment centers, don't just think about the job itself, but also think about the networking opportunities that you can do, right? Yeah, get to know the people there because if you're successful, they'll be your colleagues and friends in the next year. And if you aren't, you know, you might have realized that you're, peers had had much more experience in certain areas that you can then look to go into so yeah obviously sit the assessments engage fully in the tasks but don't lose it as an opportunity to enjoy the day and if you go there super stressed and nervous that might come across and you know it might be seen as a lack of confidence that you know you don't feel you're worth the job so why should they employ it so be competitively confident just smile enjoy your time there and get to know your peers exactly but what do you think was that uh the thing that actually got you in? What, what do you think you did right? I suppose it was understanding the values of the company really well. So I know GSK are a company very big on their values. It, it's everywhere in their marketing and, and in their 
kind of corporate identity. So understanding those values and knowing why mine were complementary to those was helpful because I could relate why my values were important to me in my answers to questions because I know GSK's values are important to them in their work. So it shows a, a shared mindset, if you like, and you'll fit naturally into an organization that thinks, you know, not exactly the same as you. You want some autonomy and thought. You want a company of creatives and, and identities, but ultimately you're working in the same goal. So that was one big thing that helps, I think, as well, just being, being you know, uh, relaxed enough to have a good chat with one of the current students. It turned out that he was from a region of Austria where a lot of my friends from EPSA. So I shared her to Afa and the students in Graz. So my ultimately the student who I went on to replace at GSK when he finished his year, uh, Nikki, was from a region in Austria that we could talk about because I'd met people from there through EPSA, which just goes to show the networking opportunities you take in various regions of your life ultimately end up coming back to intertwine and knit together in a matrix to shape your career. You basically had that something in common with a person. So you made the connection much easier, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, getting jobs or, you know, going into business with someone on any, anything like this is um, human interactions, isn't it? And you also said that you went that extra mile because before going into your interviews, you were reading about the Access to Medicines Index. So you really knew what this was all about. And this is very important in supply chain, isn't it? So I guess that helped you a lot as well. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was an extra point to talk about because I could bring it into conversations around my read into GSK, my reasons for wanting to join. And another good thing actually about being a pharmacy student in the supply chain interview, it was the question was about supplying an antibiotic. But in the, in the assessment framework, it said there is currently a virus on the continent. And so I said in my interview, well, given that it's a virus, are you sure we should be using antibiotics? And in the question, that wasn't actually relevant, but they said, you know, that's really cool that you picked up on that because most of our students come from business backgrounds, um, financial degrees. So they don't come with that mentality of thinking of the medicines and the products that we supply. So it's that holistic mindset that pharmacy gives you of products, in this case, medicine or consumer healthcare good to the end user, the patient. So thinking outside of the box. That's great. I think what's really important is that actually you do that extra mile, you research the company, potentially research the people, try to find that common point where you can build your relationship upon. It makes it much easier because I guess when they are looking through all of these CVs, they're just seeing a lot of words, right? So if you can find something that is aligned with the values and with what they're doing and with a role, it's much easier that you actually get noticed, isn't it? Definitely. You've got to be an individual. You know, at the end of the day, as David said, you're a person. So never lose your identity when applying to things. You know, people think you have to say all the right things or, you know, be a certain way. Just be yourself. There's nothing better or more authentic than who you really are. And if you try and disguise that or act in a different way, that will be obvious. And a lot of companies are certainly GSK prioritize transparency and, and authenticity. So, yeah, know who you are and what you want and just be, be yourself. That's an excellent point. And now moving on to the actual placement. So you started your placement last year in July, I guess. Did you get a specific project assigned or how did this whole structure work and how did you get involved in various, you know, tasks of the supply chain? Yeah, so I was thrown right in at the deep end. My first week of work around six of the manufacturing sites in my area of the business. So I was on calls with sites in Kuala Lumpur or the United States, Spain, all over the world and just getting a feel for what GSK is like globally, which was actually really useful in my role, which was managing global sites, the six of the largest manufacturing sites in GSK consumer healthcare globally. 
also at the time, GSK was undertaking a merger with Pfizer of their consumer healthcare teams. So seeing how huge companies undertake these mergers and acquisitions and being on the inside of that whilst it was going on, exactly one month into my placement was the day one of that joint venture. So then, you know, picking up my work, talking to managers, not only who I directly reported to, but in the periphery of the team to see not only what my role was going to be focusing on, but how I could support the wider team. So that was useful first few weeks, speaking to the different managers, what their roles were, how mine fitted into that jigsaw of the area of the business I worked in. Then I was really keen to take on extra on my placement. So the access to medicines index was not part of my role, but it was something I wanted to work in. So I just spoke to different people in different areas of the business and worked my way to the team responsible for compiling the GSK submission. Had a chat with them, spoke about my experience and my aspirations and was lucky enough to be able to support some of the supply chain contributions to this year's edition of the index. Also spoke with colleagues who've had military experience. Uh, so the Armed Forces Programme, GSK does, because that's another interest of mine and seeing what their roots and roles were like now in GSK and just a different picture of that. So yeah, always sought to supplement my role with a bigger picture of GSK and actually managed to speak to other pharmacists working in my team. So yeah, always doing my work, you know, getting the feel for what I was there to do, as well as then taking on extra roles and responsibilities that I was keen to do whilst I was there. And I think that's a really interesting point and something I've been doing in my career as well. I've like, you have your roles and responsibilities. And when I started my career in quality, they told me, okay, you'll be in quality for the rest of your life. You cannot really pivot anywhere. But I just wanted to get involved. I just wanted to learn things. I was curious. I was getting involved in so many side projects. And even today, my mindset is always like, okay, I'm really curious about whatever, whether that's marketing or whether that's, uh, you know, um, a graduate scheme or human resources. And I'm just trying to find ways how you can help other people. And that's good for, I think, for multiple reasons. First of all, you're opening multiple doors, which then you can enter at any point that you want. And you're also building really good relationship and reputation with other people. So when you're doing your placements, I'm talking now to all of the listeners, when you're doing your placements, when you're looking for the opportunities, don't just think about this is my role, this is what I have to do. Try to think outside of the box. Who can I reach out to? Who can I help? How can I provide value, not only in my role, but also you know, around the departments, around the places? Because that's exactly what's going to define your career in the long term. Don't just think about the next week, what you have to do, the report you have to finish or the document you have to write. Think how can you contribute to the organization or to the kind of the, the objectives of the other people? How can you make other people successful? Because if you're making other people successful, they will want to make you successful in the long term as well. Would you agree with that? Exactly. So networking, getting to know people, it's, it's human skills. And the more people you know, the more friends you have. So obviously through working in things like the BPSA, uh, attending events with EPSA, it, it builds you a network of friends and colleagues who will then inspire you and, and you'll bounce off each other. You'll begin to learn. So my experiences of knowing, for example, how international students study pharmacy, then you take them to a company like GSK and you know bits about a lot of countries. Little bits and pieces as you go along your journey, remember the people that you meet and work with because they will help you. And that, that then is something that you should remember and try and repay because no one gets anywhere without support, you know, from the people that you work with and the people that you care about. So when people are good enough to do you a favor and to help you on your journey, try and repay that way you can, and then do the same once you're in a position of authority where you've got to where you want to be, look at who's coming through the next generation and 
So always remember, you have a role to play in developing yourself, but then trying to develop other people. What if you have social anxiety or if you are an introvert? Because, you know, we have a mixture of people. So maybe for the extroverts, it's easy to just go out and talk to people and offer help. But what do you think introverts can do or someone who's not maybe as self-confident as uh, maybe you? What do you, th- what do you think could be the initial steps they could do to get in that journey? I can't fully empathize to answer from that position, but I would just say the skills of talking to people and making connections, it doesn't have to be standing in front of a room of, of hundreds of people. It can be simple one-on-one human interactions and just working out what your style of communication is. No, no two people will think in exactly the same way. It can be a simple thing, just saying hello to your colleagues when you get into the office of the morning. You've not got to go into a, a lengthy discussion about your work or or a situation that might you know be be challenging just little things that then create a a pleasant environment a team spirit that people then will over time as you get more comfortable begin to develop those relationships it's it's not a race and there's no one correct way to go about developing your career if if there are certain challenges that you know are particular to you or or your personality is a certain way then then like we said earlier be authentic you haven't got to to try and change that you embrace it and know that your style of communication is different to perhaps someone who's more extroverted or more overtly confident be good at your job you know if you're introverted you, you can purely focus on your task you won't necessarily be going around talking to people as much as people who don't struggle with that so know what your strengths are and don't judge yourself by other people's standards obviously being loud and talking is one way to get to know people but it's not the only way so glad you asked that question and don't see it as a barrier to your success because it isn't your own person and you are in control of what you can achieve not anyone else exactly and i think we're all kind of social creatures but the best way to build your relationships is if you have something in common and i have a really ridiculous example like i got a puppy uh two weeks ago he's like two months and a half old and now obviously you know you go out in the environment and you focus on your puppy, but all of a sudden a whole new world opened to me because all of a sudden, like people passing by, Oh, puppy. Oh, he's so cute. And then you start meeting people who have puppies or dogs and you start talking to them. And it's amazing what happens when you have something in common, something as simple as I have my love for dogs and other people have their love for dogs. And all of a sudden I'm talking to complete strangers. It's amazing what simple acts can do. So having a puppy is just one example. There can be so many ways you can connect with someone. And if you don't connect with someone, it's fine. You just move on. I had so many examples going to events, uh, trying to talk like small talk with someone. And I realized we have nothing in common. It was really awkward silence and we just moved our ways. That's okay. But then I met some people with whom I really share the values, such as you. We don't really know each other well, but it's really easy to have this conversation because we have the same mindset, the same values. So focus on these people. Focus on people who are like you, who have the same values, who have the same interests. That's a very good starting point. And then with that, you move on. And as you're moving on, as you're meeting more people, you're pushing your boundaries, right? And as you're doing that, things get easier. I mean, I always wanted to be a public speaker. I always wanted to be able to talk in front of the crowds. And my journey started back in 2010 at Kingston, my first year. I was super shy. I was not able to talk to people. I was not able to talk in front of the crowds. 10 years later, now it's something natural. And it's not because I'm talented. I don't have any talents. It was just a lot of hard work and pushing myself to do things I didn't feel comfortable with. So going into the placement, 
supply chain for the listeners here and someone who has never heard about the actual specifics of supply chain and thinking I'm a scientist, I'm a pharmacist, like how can I be successful in supply chain? What is it all about and what's exciting about it? Crash course in supply chain, I think it, what it boils down to for me is the full journey of a product. So let's use in our instance of medicine to is desired destination, in our case, a patient. Now, it would be very simple to just think a product goes straight from one to the other, but the world doesn't work like that. So all the steps that go in between there and how they can be optimized. So obviously my interest was more for the access to medicines index. You might be aware of of the way the structure in this country from manufacturing companies through to wholesalers and distributors to either hospitals, community pharmacies, and the points of access to those medicines. But supply chain can be really utilized to ensure that one of the UN missions and the WHO visions for universal healthcare coverage is achieved. So it's how do you ensure that in any given country or environment you have solid infrastructure? So your manufacturing companies, your wholesalers, distributors, and providers all talk to each other, know what's going on, and you can track the journey of a particular product from start to finish. And interest for me was in vaccines. So a lot of you may be aware of the cold chain requirements of vaccines and how do you maintain those in tropical environments or you know more challenging areas of the world so and it's it's taking that product from its inception to its delivery and so for me as a pharmacy student it's important that you can see that from our world because we have to know where our products come from we have to be about product quality patient safety so we're constantly thinking about the full picture so we we're trained to have that mindset we just use it in a clinical healthcare context and I feel like supply chain is a, an area of any business that will be in contact naturally with various other regions. So the procurement team, when you're getting goods in the first place, where do you get the product? Your procurement team will help you with that. Your distribution network in the company, you'll know them because that's also part of your role. So it's a, a, a small but very well connected part of any business, the supply chain, because it has oversight of the full process. That's a really good summary. But then COVID came. And that changed a lot of things, I guess. What was the impact on the business and and your internship? Yeah, so luckily, as I mentioned earlier, my role was a a global one anyway. So I spent a lot of the time working with people in different countries remotely anyway. That was just a part of my working life because a lot of my colleagues were based in the States or in Switzerland or one in Slovakia. So, you know, uh, we were working remotely anyway. It was a shock to the system, I think, for all of us when suddenly you lose the simple things like we were talking about the human connection sitting in around the office getting to know your colleagues that became a lot more challenging and was something that i spoke about with my manager when i left to make sure that this year's cohort really had a good foundation you know to to adapt to this way of working quite quickly any large global organization will inevitably lead you to work remotely and, and speak with colleagues and customers all over the world so it was it was challenging having to work from home but luckily Given that my first manager, GSK, actually worked at a different site anyway, I'd become quite used to working autonomously, knowing what my tasks were and getting them done, and then working back in my manager on things that we needed to work on. It was quite disruptive, and it certainly slowed down a lot of the things we've been working on as my role evolved into you know, digital transformation and change in around tech infrastructure in my area of the business. It slowed down a lot of those things because decisions were made more slowly. I think it's always better to make decisions in person with people. So that struggled. And I think that was, you know, endemic to every organization. So then it was, how can you try and pick up speed? 
obviously it wasn't ideal but it happened so you had to adapt and that's another a lesson for people you know you make plans you expect to have a certain experience and it changes so how do you still ensure that you can get the most from it in our case the ongoing pandemic and it was good to actually have the business continuity that you could actually continue working and i think that's that's also important message that it's a very global world and i guess a lot of companies also realize that technology has to be adapted because with these kind of disruptions i know that many companies had actually issues working from home for many reasons not just technology but also you know having children at home and all of these uh, all of these things so coming back to studies what are the let's say the three things you took from this internship that you would now use as a student and potentially also for you know beginning your professional career first and foremost is is the ability to talk to people in a professional context quite easily so working with my new colleagues this year again as the, the question earlier led towards you know speaking to people from that professional perspective you know not being afraid to talk about things that you've done and achieved and where you want to go and then encouraging other people to do the same so i've been luckily working at a gp practice as part of my placement at university and the pharmacist i've been working with there has, has added me on linkedin and we've been having conversations there you naturally form this mindset of of getting to know the educational providers who you work with and the professionals and hearing their, their stories so that would be number one it's the, the ability to conduct yourself professionally in you know any circumstance number two i think it's the organization so my role being a management role really helped me then coming into my research project this year um, working with another student in my year Badunde, and uh, she and i have really you know sat down and, and made a good plan for a project that was directly drawn from my program management work so you know thinking about what we want to achieve how we're going to get there and the steps along the way so that that mentality of being a good manager of projects in my own time was something that has been a big benefit in the early part of my final year of studies and finally i think just the chance to know that you can make stuff happen so for me the chance to go and speak to those colleagues with military experience or to to get insight into the access to medicines index and travel to different sites that if you want something and you make a good good fist of talking about it then then you can go and do it so even in a company like gsk i wasn't overawed or made to feel like i had to just do what i've been told to do but i had the freedom to make those decisions i think should encourage to think yeah you know i've got an ambition or or something i want to achieve and i've seen a lot of international students asking questions as well i think don't be disheartened if there are issues with say visas or doing things in this country don't forget many of these organizations will exist across the world so think about maybe the country that you studied in before or that you plan to work in see what opportunities exist there if there are issues with working requirements in this country think about okay well where do i plan to go and how can i achieve it there I think Seb, one of my colleagues and friends of the BPSA, speaking about the opportunities European students have. So as a pharmacy student, look at what's going on in EPSA and David's platform, Pharmadelic, to see what opportunities exist for you as a student and then make your plans toward them. So yeah, three things, I guess, speaking to people, <laughs> being personable, making plans and being organized and then taking ownership and, and uh, a leading role in my own development. I think there's a really good key points, I think. Uh, for all of the people who are now in the position that they are either thinking about, should I do an internship as a student? Should I, you know, leave the university for one year? Uh, maybe who have the fear to do it, like what happens if I, you know, get the job and then come back and it doesn't work out, whatever. Or for any graduates who are just about to start a career, 
Like if you were in their shoes, knowing what you know today, where would you start? Yeah, I think you have to embrace that fear. It's a natural human response to, to change. You know, you think of what could go wrong. So by all means, you know, take that into consideration. But what we're often not so good at doing is then thinking of what could go right. And so think about those things that could go right and, and how good you would feel if they did. And then plan for that. So obviously in life, things will go wrong. And, you know, COVID, things like that happen. That's beyond your control. But you still have your mindset. And I think mindset is an important thing to get right early. Have an outlook in that things, whatever happens, you can react to them. And your reaction defines your response. So if you react to things positively, you'll get a positive outcome. By which I mean, for example, COVID happened, it didn't stop me taking opportunities, if you know what I mean. So embrace that fear, but think clearly about what you want to achieve, not only in the immediate short term, but what opportunities that might open up to you a little further down the line. Now, you've not got to plan your entire life, but just to have an idea of, you know, after doing an internship, I might develop skills X, Y, and Z, and that would allow me to achieve this role or gain experience in this industry. So to have a bit of forward planning. I think you don't go into it just to think I'll do it for the sake of it, because I'm not sure you'd get as much out of it as you would if you gave it a little bit of thought as to where it was leading you. Having said that, whilst you're on the placement, be open to new things. You know, whilst I was on placement, I see, saw and did things that weren't part of my original plan, but became adapted into it during my time there. So don't be overawed. Take your fear and channel it into action. And hopefully that leads you into some success. That's a fantastic piece of advice, and I fully agree with you. I've been a risk taker for way too long. It took me into dark places. Uh, I've talked about that many times, but in the end, I could not be more grateful because all of my failures have actually opened doors of opportunities that I haven't imagined they were possible. So I think risk taking is a good one. Obviously, sometimes it doesn't work out, but in the end, I think it's worth it. Is there any ad advice that you would like to give to fellow listeners that we haven't discussed yet? Don't be afraid to challenge yourself. Pharmacy tend to be very risk averse. We're trained to avoid errors and spot mistakes. It can be very negative in its mindset. And pharmacy now is shifting to become a more adaptable, more dynamic profession. And we're lucky to be a part of that. So take what's going on in the world of pharmacy and try and capture that in your own career. So be aware of things that can go wrong, but don't let that put you off. My advice to you would just be, Begin searching early. I was always looking to learn about things. When I, when I had an interest in something, one thing people always say is, how did you find the opportunities? Well, you know, we have access now to everything we could possibly want to know with the internet. So if you're interested in, let's use what I was interested in, supply chain, student programs, you can start searching that and finding things. And now you've met me. So you've instantly made a connection. You've met David, who's made part of his career about supporting students in issues like this and begin to use your own nous and, and initiative to look for things but then also know the people out there who are able and willing to support you and and see what you can do together so yeah be be dynamic be proactive take charge of, of your own life but then also build those networks and connections and my favorite part of everything I've ever done with the BPSA and EPSA and everything is the people I've met. So everyone who's been a part of my journey has been what's made it worthwhile and something worth continuing. So obviously you're developing along the way, but the people you meet and the experiences you have, uh, you can't beat that. 
Exactly. Thank you for this advice. I think all of the listeners would appreciate that. I certainly do. It's such a small world and we are so connected. It's quite amazing. And I think that's also the idea of Pharmadelic because I was in your position. I was in the position of all of you. We all have to start somewhere. We all have to start a career some, somehow. So our support network is there to support you in various ways. Uh, one way is to share those job opportunities. And don't just check these job opportunities. If you think, oh, this is not for me or it's not in my country, it's a very good starting point because then you can see what kind of roles exist, uh, what kind of companies exist. And you can start, as Riz said, you know, digging, digging and digging until you find some finding something like. Also podcast or conversation that we have right now live, very good source of information just to see what's possible. And the interesting thing is I've interviewed now 14, 15 people various walks of life, uh, various, you know, mentalities. But in the end, the advice you guys are giving is always along the same lines. It's always the same thing packaged differently. So I think you can learn a lot from our mistakes and use that for your career. Chris, thank you so much for being part of this podcast. I'm sure you'll do amazing things and I'm sure we'll be, you know, collaborating a lot in the future in some way, shape or form. I wish you all the best with your studies, with your pre-reg, with your career, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you all for attending. You know, this this is a two-way thing. It's not just about me and David talking about our careers because we can do that anytime. It's, it's to make sure you guys can can gain something from this and get an insight into, you know, what you're looking to achieve with your careers. So don't leave this as the end of the conversation, you know. Come back and watch it, share it with your friends, and then let's see how many of you we can try and get to achieve the kind of things that you're looking for. Thank you for listening to the Pharmadelic Experience Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We have a number of exciting and interesting guests coming up in the next episodes, so stay tuned. But in the meantime, why don't you join the Telegram channel? We share career opportunities for students, graduates and junior professionals, as well as the career advice to help you find your dream career and achieve it. Until then, have a good one and I'll see you soon.